0: Back, and I cannot guarantee better than ever. It is the Locked On Big 12 Roundtable. My name is Josh Neighbors. I'm the host of Locked On Big 12. To my right, it is Linda Godfrey. She is the host of Locked On Pokes. To her right, it is John Williams. He is the host of Locked On Sooners. Below him, it is Stephen Simcox. He is the host of Locked On Hornfrogs. Frogs. And then to his left, that's Jake Hatch. He is the host of Locked On Cougars. Wow, I'm much more winded than I thought after doing the intro we're going to talk about Will Smith tonight, and we're going to talk about spring football. More importantly, this is kind of our spring football kickoff. Everybody here, their team is out of the of the NCAA tournament. Um, I cover the big, tw- big Twelve, so all you know, I have ten teams. One of them is still in Kansas, as I wear my Missouri sweatshirt. Ironically, so we'll we'll touch on the Final Four a little bit, talk some spring football, and also touch on Will Smith and Chris Rock because who's not talking about it? All that's coming up on tonight's show.
1: You are locked on Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Once again, it is a locked on Big 12 roundtable. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the Oscars moment we had between Will Smith and Chris Rock. I'm trying to think of the, the sports equivalent to this. Does anybody – I mean, Jake, you, I know you are kind of the foremost radio person out of this kind of whole group of us. Um, have you guys had the sports equivalent conversation? Have you thought of one? We
2: had a discussion on my radio show here in Salt Lake city about the incident itself. Our, the funny thing is our initial debate was, is it real or is it fake? That's, that's kind of where things centered, but we did kind of evolve it into trying to find comparisons for what happened. And honestly, I think that the, the one that I thought of was the malice in the palace, but it's not, mm. it, it it's a little different obviously, because there was a beer thrown at Ron Artest and then he was up in the stands and the melee begins. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a perfect comparison in the sports world for this, but let's discuss it. Let's see if we can find we can dig down and find a comparison for it.
0: So if anybody has one at any point in time. I'd like you all to we'll take this first segment to, to think about it. But you're so um, John, Stephen and Jake, you guys are all you guys are all married. All right. And you are all men, so actually, th- this Linda, you know, you and I, I, I'm not, I'm not married, and you are a woman, so um, we are out of this conversation because Thank we you. can't put ourselves, we can't put ourselves in Will Smith's shoes. So, John, John Jake, and Stephen, you guys are on the clock on this one. Um, it, put yourself in Will Smith's shoes. Is there any situation where somebody would make a joke that was not like that was not blatantly offensive? where you would go over the edge. Could you be in a certain mood? Could you be set off? Anything like that? Basically what I'm trying to say is, is there, could you see yourself at all in Will Smith? Or is it just like, that was so out of line, that was so crazy. John, you can go first.
3: I don't think I could see myself in that situation. In that circumstance, when you have a comedian who's kind of made himself famous by being edgy and kind of blurring the lines of comedy, like, going to the edge you kind of expect to get some things that are going to be controversial and he definitely brought something controversial now if we were in public and somebody was making fun of my bald wife i might say something about it i'm probably not going to put hands on them when we lived overseas in ethiopia we had drunk people all the time coming up and trying to touch my wife and grab her hand and all that stuff that was about the only times i put my hands on somebody but it was just like hey i'd put my hand on their chest and kind of back them away and just to say listen that's not okay you can't touch my wife it never escalated beyond that but that's about as far as it went and really as far as I wanted it to go. I did not want to get into fisticuffs with somebody in a foreign country and find myself locked in <laughs> an Ethiopian prison. But yeah, that's that's about where I'd I'd come from. And I'm a lover, not a fighter, so it's unlikely <clears throat> I'm gonna fight somebody. Somebody'd have to like be really coming after her and going over the top, not just like a one-liner, but if they were just relentlessly, you know, belittling her. Um, then right. that's probably where I'd step in and, and start throwing some fisticuffs.
0: Yeah. It's this, the setting too is like one that lends it. Also they, these two have put themselves out there like, like that conversation of them at the table together, talking about their I mean, talking about their sex lives very publicly is like appalling. But I mean, they're out there and they're sitting at the first table. Steven, is was there, there any point in time where you were like, I'm kind of team Will Smith, or is it just, this is, this is so ridiculous. I mean,
4: I think defending your wife is noble. Obviously, that's not the way to go about it. Like like John said, I mean, if somebody's joking around, my first instinct, especially if it was a joke, would be to make fun of them back. Like that would be my first like that would be my impulse. It wouldn't be to just walk up and slap somebody in the face. Now, here's my theory on what happened. Because Will laughed initially. He did. And I think I think he laughed at the joke and then he, and you could tell Jada didn't appreciate it no, from the from the jump. And he looked over and he saw, oh, she's upset. I screwed up. Now I have to, like, overcompensate and do something to make up for laughing at the joke. Also, you know, I'm sure there was, like, uh, just the emotion of my wife is hurt by this. But I feel like Will just decided, like, oh, no, I have to, like, go overboard now and do something to prove that I didn't appreciate that either. And that was what he landed on, which was crazy. But – Um, yeah, it was insane. And I think the, the situation there was, was so beneficial for Will. Not that like, obviously it was awkward and uncomfortable, but like, what's Chris Rock going to do? I mean, I guess he could have like bum rushed him when he turned around or started making jokes about that August, whatever his name is that, you know, had an affair with, with Jada at one time. But like he was so shocked he was just he just like okay, well, I guess we're moving on I guess we're moving on to, to whatever's next. I like, guess I just have to sit here and take this. Uh, so it was sort of a, a situation where I feel like he also knew he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna fight back. like he didn't have to actually throw hands. He was just gonna slap that guy and then walk away. Uh, but no, I, I could not see myself doing that. And I, I think it was as much about Will's reaction to the joke as it was the joke itself.
0: Jake, so you can answer this question You can get it from any angle about, about you and, and your wife. And also, I want to hear the worst take you heard on the radio this week from either a caller or a pundit or somebody. I want to hear the worst Will Smith take that we got all week.
2: Jeez. Okay, so I have been in one exactly one fight in my entire life. It was in second grade. A kid was hounding me <laughs> relentlessly, and I beat the crap out of it. My uncle was my principal at the elementary school I went to, so that got real quickly back to my parents. And I learned my lesson at that point. So I've never <laughs> laid hands on another human being since then. I have a, so similar to what Don talked about, I've never really had too crazy of an incident involving my wife, but there was one time where obviously a drunk person was saying some things and I just told him, Hey, you need to cool it. You need to back off. And that kind of de-escalated the situation. and He, he kind of moved on, but the, the, the worst take and trust me, my Twitter feed, our station Twitter feed, all that stuff was full of all kinds of hot takes out there. But we did have one guy, and we did not put him on air because uh, he came <laughs> on and was just firing both. I was like, you know what? I I'm, have I'm screening calls. I'm like, we're not putting you on there. But he, um, what did he try to say? He wanted to say that both uh, parties were at fault. Uh, we brought up the, is it August Alcina, is, is that the guy? Something that's like here? that. Yeah, yeah. So he wanted to bring August Alcina into the conversation, but he's like, everybody's at fault for this. Will for being a bleepity bleep. Jada for doing all the bleepity bleep she did over on the side. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, 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 what is going on here? And then he eventually tied it in. This is this is where this is where the worst take came in. He eventually tied it into somehow this was a conspiracy with uh, the presidential elections of the last two cycles. So. It- don't, I had to sit there for it was it was at least th- two or three minutes of him just babbling on. But eventually, got to somehow this was is wrapped up in the Democrats. The
0: Democrats Democrat, so, they made it no, happen.
2: In, uh, he, he involved Trump. He involved involved Biden. It was bipartisan. It was
0: was his name Q? What? Yeah, it was it was a it was, was a it Q, and name Q? It had to have been. It had yeah. to have been. Um, we had so we we had mentioned John had brought it up in our group chat like about like our childhood. Our childhood, you know, one of our childhood heroes. Uh, Linda, are you a big Will Smith fan? Are you or no?
1: I mean, my brother was probably more like the Will Smith. Like he kind of catered to the things that my brother enjoyed. So I watched a lot of it because he's Mm -hmm. older and bigger and uh, meaner. And so I've seen plenty of Will Smith Uh, just as a whole. I'm pretty anti- a confrontation like i don't I, d- I don't even like the video it was funny when it was just like words and people were like what's happening and uh i think charlotte wilder said it best when she said the oscars are sports now and they were it was fantastic twitter was a blast but um as soon as like the video started rolling i was like okay i have to get off now because i don't want to yeah. watch that makes me like like when people fight at the bar if i don't even know them i'm like can we leave i don't want to <laughs> It just makes you uncomfortable. I don't like it, yeah, I don't like it. Uh,
0: I think the worst part, I think this is like kind of a consensus, is that. So I was somebody. I, I really love. I do love Will Smith. I love him. I love him. I love him. Um, they used to. They always still have reruns of Fresh Prince on TBS. Whatever. Um, I loved it when I was homesick because I would I would watch reruns of Walker Texas Ranger for some reason that was on too, and I would watch that and I watched Fresh Prince, and I always loved like the hour and a half to two hours of Fresh Prince replays they would show from like eight to ten and then you obviously you you get into more of his stuff down the line and look do i think his portrayal of you know uh richard williams was excellent and one of the best performances ever seen no do i really have a comment on all this stuff you know about about this place whatever no but this was the biggest night of his professional career and made a complete ass of himself and has has people asking like hey should the should the Academy take the award away? I ultimately, I don't think they will. But like, damn, dude. And then to go up there, and, and I'm not sure if y'all saw over Venus and Serena's faces while he was talking. They were like appalled. <laughs> they were not pleased with what he was saying. So I'm like, dude, Will, I like you, dude. But like, you're just, I mean, if you, like, and he made a mess of that in many ways possible. Also, I mean. Did Will did Will ever attend the Golden Globes when Ricky Gervais was hosting, and did he ever just knock at a joke directed at him? Because like the number of you know heinous things that guy said far outnumbers what Chris Rock said, and I think Steven's actually right. You can see him laughing. Jada was not amused, and so he's like, "I have to make up for this." Because to be honest, it seems like Will's had to make up for a lot of the shit in that relationship for a while now from the comments that Jada Pinkett Smith made. So it's just this. I think there's a lot of layers. I was joking on Twitter that night. I was like, it's a work. All the wrestling people know what that means it's fake. Um, it was not fake. It was real. hundred percent real,
3: but it was, it was Matt Hardy in an edge. Like, yes, it was oh, something that started yeah. off as not real. Yes.
1: No, then the it became, it became very,
0: real. very, very
3: real. Well, um, um, that's a what, wrestling what, nerd moment.
1: Oh yeah, locked on WWE, bro. <laughs> WWF,
0: actually. We, we, need make, we need to make
2: that actually happen. There's no doubt about that. Was WrestleMania going on? Yeah. Too. One thing I wanted to add to that, Josh, is a lot of people uh, pointed back to 2016 when uh, Jada essentially boycotted. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the Oscars, yeah. Oscars over, and Chris Rock was there, and he, he he made a joke at her expense for boycotting it, and I think. That all kind of goes into it. He was laughing. Jada looks at it and gives him the look. And he, Josh, as well as Steven, know that look from your wife. It says, Oh, hell no. You did not
1: just laugh at that. So, yeah, I'm absolutely sending this to all your wives as soon as we log off. Just I'm so glad, they
0: know to listen. See if I'm glad that I am not married. Uh, and I never, you know, never have to be in a situation where, where, you know, I do, have a girl, I do have a girlfriend who's very angry at me right now for rooting for Kansas. So I'm still dealing with that. I feel like this on top of it would be. <laughs> difficult situation if I had to do that. All right, let's talk some spring football. Let's let's do this. Uh, we'll talk some spring football. One second, though. First, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Stat Hero. and boy, does this group right here love March Madness. Uh, it's coming down to the end, though, so if you guys want to get in on it now, they have these awesome player matchups. It's daily fantasy, the way it's supposed to be played. We know Linda loves fantasy because that's all she tweets about. Talking about draft picks and what stuff all the time. So Linda, I know she loves the individual matchups Stat Hero has. They'll do something this weekend like Bankero, Griffin, and uh, Roach against Baycott, Manic, and Love, and they go head to head and they'll have points or points plus rebounds or whatever. It's pretty cool. It's a fun way to play Daily Fantasy. You guys go there today, use the promo code LockedOn. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N locked on. You'll receive a 100% deposit match today. Once again, promo code locked on at uh, stathero slash locked on, I believe is, is what it is. Uh, you guys can go there today and check that out. Also, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Go to built.com today. That's built.com to find all of their delicious built bars mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. Uh, And white chocolate cookies and cream are some of the flavors they have available. Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and uh, 17 grams of protein as well. Compare that to a candy bar, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. We don't like that. Boo, net carbs. Uh, Go to Built.com today. It's Built.com, promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com Today, All right, so spring football, it's rocking, it's rolling. And Linda, I'm actually glad that you are to my uh, right on the screen because Mike Gundy was on the radio show I normally work, Big 12 Today, comma, today. And he had some comments uh, about – I'll read you a couple things that he said. Um, he said in that in by 24, 2024, around 2024 – he thinks that the big 12 might add more schools. Um, He also mentioned to 18 playoff. He didn't say anything about 12, which I thought was interesting. So now, you know, obviously these are not like blasphemous comments and not as nearly, you know, as as edgy as his OAN comments, but what what have you thought? I've I've kind of enjoyed Mike Gundy's. um, He's been very candid this offseason. I feel like I think, There were some questions after that 2020 season, right? There were so many expectations. That was the year. It got derailed by COVID, but still, they didn't really play that well during the actual year. And last year was like, okay, no, no, Mike Gundy is that guy. He is a great, amazing tenured coach, and I feel like we're seeing that comfort in kind of some of his prognosticating. So your thoughts about Mike Gundy as we head into this kind of new era of uh, Big 12 football, Oklahoma State football, and some of the comments he's been making?
1: I always have thoughts about Mike Gundy. How could you not? Um, You know, he just I think he's always been pretty comfortable in the media uh, and pretty candid. I think uh, that's pretty fair to say about Mike Gundy, but I do like what he's saying. I like the way that he's talking about Oklahoma State. You know, somebody did that uh, Big 12 coach approval by fan uh, poll Mm. and he's like so low. And we've just gotten to this point where I think we're like complacent until we get to a playoff or like have that kind of potential this year. We were so close. And I think that would have winning the Big 12 championship would have skyrocketed Mike Gundy uh, in in terms of like fan approval. But we still get so uh, angry with him and especially with Casey Dunn, the offensive coordinator, when it comes to some of the play calling, especially this last year. I mean, like we were winning games, but it was still after every game going like, what the hell? Why did we? Why did we stop playing in the third quarter? Whatever it was, there was always something that we were nitpicking. So it is nice that he's being candid, but I think he's kind of always been that way. And mm-hmm. uh, until he really delivers on that Big Twelve championship, I'm he's always going to fall in that in that mediocre coaching range for us. Even like as a as an Oklahoma State fan, I love what Mike Gundy has done for the football program. It's hard to be mad about winning seasons over and over and over again. But the um, losses to Bob Stoops uh, regularly and <laughs> the inability to grasp a Big 12 championship have really hindered his view from, I think, from the media and from uh, Oklahoma State fans.
0: Man, just it's one of those things that Desmond Jackson reaches the ball out. Maybe we're not having this conversation, right? I mean, as bad as the play calling was, like, the, like there is a certain amount of like, we have to get this rock in the end zone, right? That is the bottom line. But if Desmond Jackson reaches his arms out, we're, you know – Maybe that answer is like they won the big 12 championship, but, but to be fair too, they did go and beat Notre Dame in a bowl game that, I mean, I think Notre Dame was pretty motivated to play in right with obviously first game, uh, you know, new head coach. So yeah, I understand why, but also they have the longest tenured coach in the, in the big 12 and he's elevated that program. I mean, that program was nowhere near where it is now. And it's a top 25 program, like period. There is no question. Oklahoma state football is a top 25 program every single year. And the fact that we couldn't say that before, I think is just important. So do you have anything yeah. else, no, we'll
1: I, I that. totally agree. But, and, and I agree about Notre Dame and the way that we came out in the second half and getting that stuff, like stopping them completely on offense and uh, figuring out a way to win that game was fantastic, but it is not the game that Oklahoma state fans remember from last season. They remember the big 12 championship Fair game. Enough period. So that's very fair. unfortunately that's, that's still what is remained prevalent, but I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. He is completely raised and, and transformed that program
0: shit over to John, John uh, Oklahoma, in my opinion has to be the presumptive favorite next year in the big 12 uh, to me, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma is the big 12's best chance to get a playoff team. I don't like saying that because I, because obviously there's so many shifting factors with Oklahoma right now with so much changing for them. But unless Texas can flip the coaching, you know, and, and kind of get that thing completely, go- like it's it's just a new roster for them, new coaching, it's a lot of talent. But OU's got the pedigree, so I'll lean that way. How are things going in spring? Have OU fans calm themselves and put all of their focus into the, into the new season?
3: Yeah, I think anytime uh, you're seeing Oklahoma fans and the former head coach intertwined, it's when somebody in the national media is bringing them up. Most people are focused on what's happening now. We're focused on spring football in the future. I think there's a lot of optimism about what's going to happen in 2022. I think there's still a little bit of realistic view that we are turning over 12 starters on both sides of the football. Yes, we got a quarterback in that has a lot of experience, but still, there's a lot of turnover happening in Norman. I think there's still some excitement about what's coming up behind those guys from the two-deep uh, depth chart, but still some questions to be answered on my as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I think... You look at Oklahoma and what they've got to work with, they're going to be in contention for the Big 12 title. But like we saw in 2021, they were the presumptive favorite far and away, and it didn't work out for them. And I kind of disagree a little bit with your point that they're probably Mm. the only team that could get into the college football playoff. I think Oklahoma State was right there on the verge. If they win the Big 12 championship, potentially they get in. If Baylor doesn't have a slip up against TCU and they win the Big 12 championship, potentially they get in. I think, I think the the view of the Big 12, especially in that top five teams, is changing a little bit. People are recognizing that there's some depth to the conference, especially when a team like Kansas can jump up and beat Texas. It, it's the, the perception is changing a little bit. Now, will that be the case this year? I think the depth could potentially you know hurt it again from giving, giving the Big 12 an opportunity to get into the playoff because you get a Big 12 champion with two losses, they're not getting to get in. So it's going to have to be one of those things where a team's going to have to set itself apart to make a run that ends up with just a one loss or an undefeated season for them to have a chance to get in. But as far as Oklahoma's concerned, everybody's excited about Dylan Gabriel. It seems like everybody's really excited about him on the team. They're following him. He's leading by example, not just by word. He's putting in the work. Good wide receiver core, solid group there. The running back depth is pretty nice, although it's a little bit inexperienced. Uh, you know, turning over some offensive linemen, but we got three starters coming back and a lot of really up and coming defensive ends that to replace Isaiah Thomas and Nick Bonito with a lot of promise, guys like Marcus Stripling and Reggie Grimes. So there's a lot of uh promise, a lot of confidence, and some optimism about Oklahoma heading into 2022.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I think for me, heading into 2022, th- Oklahoma state is replacing so much on defense. That's that's my, that's the big concern, right? For them is how much to place on defense. Baylor's got their two best defensive players in Terrell Bernard and Jalen Petrie to deal with. And also we're not even sure who can play quarterback for them this year, uh, which is a, it's a huge question mark, which kind of brings me to TCU. Uh, who's in this fray, Steven, this is the team that I think we're discussing how many new players could come in after spring practice. TCU might bring in like an entire roster because we saw them. They didn't sign a whole lot of guys. How many guys were in their recruiting class? Like it was a pretty small class. Yeah. It was like 10 high school guys that came in. And so they've got a lot of, I believe they got a lot of room left, right? I mean, they, they can, they can make definitely make some moves here with their mm-hmm. roster as, uh, as it moves forward. So how, how do you feel about Sonny Dykes? I'll be honest. I, I just, I don't know why. I feel like the more I've thought about the higher I've, I've kind of, cooled on it a little bit and not saying it won't go well but I'm just I'm not as enthusiastic as I was when I earlier thought about it. How how do you feel? Oh Josh, I mean we're still in the honeymoon phase man. Like it's all
4: good. <laughs> it's all great. Sonny's out there, new culture. Guys are bigger and stronger. Got a new strength coach. Everybody's put on good Hell weight yeah. in the off season um sonny has open practices he's been real vulnerable with us he's, you know he gets yeah. out there in a press conference and he he just talks and he doesn't lecture us about other teams doing things to disrespect the game he just talks about how or much bloggers, or, yeah, bloggers. Or, or bloggers he just talks about how much he loves fort worth and loves being at tcu we've got a quarterback battle going on we got a new look offense i mean everything's great there's nothing there's no issues right now everybody's really excited <laughs> Um, He had Eddie Lampkin out there, one of the basketball players, like <laughs> throwing the ball on Saturday. They got coaches mic'd up. I mean, this is like this is like hard knocks. It's great. All the he's, so he's getting... he's
0: winning the 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 public opinion battle is what you're saying. Yeah,
4: he's winning the public opinion battle. No game has been played yet, so there's no reason to not be optimistic. Um, he, here's the thing. Like, I think there is a, I think there's a high ceiling for Sonny. I also think that this could just stay stagnant or just drop off a cliff, you know, like, and and I I realized I listed three possibilities and that might be the only three possibilities, but I I just, the offense is going to be better. I I believe that wholeheartedly. Sonny has has scored points wherever he's been. Yes. You know, even when they were bad at Cal, like he was still churning out good quarterback play uh, with Jared Goff and uh, guys like that. And he was still able to score points. I don't know about this defense. I mean, Joe Gillespie, um, did a really good job at Tulsa, but all due respect, like that's a different animal, you know, not that there aren't good offenses in the American conference, but, um, you're, you're coming up to the big 12 now. Um, and this, this three, three, five, look, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, so there's, there's a lot of question marks there and we'll see what that transition is like. Um, But I think right now people are are talking themselves into the hire. There's no reason to not be optimistic. Um, There is a lot of roster turnover, like you sort of laid out there. They brought in a number of transfers so far. I think there will be more after spring practice with more guys hitting the portal. And uh, I just feel like things were so – you could tell the last few years that the end of the Gary Patterson era, it just felt like – was going towards a dead end. Like there wasn't much hope that he was going to turn it around. So something fresh, something new is really um, working for the fan base. I just, I don't know how it's going to pan out when, you know, they hit the field on Saturdays. That that remains to be seen.
0: Uh, by the way, I, I laugh in the middle of that because I just, I read a ridiculous post from somebody on Twitter. Um, this is why I always check Twitter to make sure nothing, nothing newsworthy breaks. And so we look like complete clowns. We're talking like, hey, Will Smith. And it's like, by the way, you know, Dave Aranda has taken the UCLA football job. Um, <laughs> you know, he never wanted that to happen. Uh, I, I So I think when I think about him, you know, Sonny Dykes, I think about Joey McGuire too, right? The new, the two new coaches in Texas. Um, Both of them are definitely winning the public opinion battle, right? I mean, Joey McGuire is like, I think there's I think there's a certain sentiment out there that it's like, we've got no clue if this guy can coach at all. Luckily, he's brought in a couple of good coordinators. And I'll tell you what, there is no hotter coordinator right now than Zach Kitley, right? I mean, have you all seen all this stuff? He's he's like in his low 30s. Everybody's talking about him. I think um, we're at the part of the news cycle for the draft where Bailey is about to get some love, right? And people like, what about this kid? Fourth, uh, fourth third round, what if somebody – Linda, you know, is this going to happen? Is this happening now?
1: Is this happening? It's absolutely going to happen. It happens every year. We get tired of talking about like the same top couple guys and then just like work our way down till we're talking. We're like, what are we doing? Talking yeah. ourselves into Sam Ellinger. and sh- it's They're going to be like, it's through for 50,000
0: yards last year and 29, you know, 100 touchdowns. Yeah. And uh, who's his coordinator? Uh, is it Texas tech? I-, I do think Hitley's also a rock star. I think this guy's going to do, uh, we had him on recently. He sounds like a head coach. Like he sounded like he was the head coach of Texas Tech. He's like, Lubbock's where I want to, you know, want to be with my family. It's like, they might, they might've hired the wrong guy and they might've hired the right guy, but they might've hired the wrong guy above him. So I, I, Steven, do you agree when we're talking about te- these two schools in Texas? You think it's fair to say, all right, I know it's different situations. One's private, one's public, you know, one different expectations, everything, but it's kind of fair to kind of track these two hires together as we go along.
4: I think so. And tech similar to TCU, like you just got such a different personality in Joey McGuire. Um, and you also have a guy, you know, Matt Wells really struggled on the recruiting trail and that was a, that's a tough place to recruit. Joey's already brought a ton of energy in that regard. That's what he does. That's who he is. Um, and he's a super likable guy. So I, mm. I think, you know, for a program that's been kind of down and out the last few seasons, his energy is pretty infectious um, but yeah, it's a big step up. I mean, he was a great coach yeah. at the high school level um, and he did a really good job at Baylor in the different roles that they put him in. But now you're running a, a Big 12 program. And so that's, I mean, that's a huge promotion um, and he's going to have to be ready to be more than just, you know, a CEO at some point
0: for this for this to work. And Jake, what do you want to see from BYU as they get ready to potentially enter the Big 12 I think the one thing for me that we know is going to be there is the physicality, just because uh, BYU does have the luxury of having older players, right? That is one thing that is a feature of the BYU teams. That got guys who are, huh? In theory, Baylor,
2: Baylor kind of showed BYU where they need to get to last year. Right. BYU. That is that is yeah. true.
0: But but I think there are going to be some games where it's like Texas Tech gets pushed around by a BYU. Right. Well, uh, so it, it's going to happen.
2: Yeah, so the one thing this spring ball, and BYU's actually having their alumni, their final day of practices is this coming Thursday, so they're almost done here. And the the biggest thing I have noticed, and I've been out to seven of their practices so far, it'll be eight on Thursday, and the biggest thing I've noticed is they have made a renewed emphasis on hitting the weight room. I'm seeing some guys that last year were playing undersized at different positions that look now legit like, okay, that guy – fits, it, let's say, a linebacker spot or a defensive line spot. I think it's something that that Baylor game in particular last year, BYU got absolutely trounced on both sides of the ball, particularly in the trenches, and I think it taught them everything they that they were going up against as they get ready for the Big 12. Yeah, there will be games where they'll be able to go man for man, but I think Kalani Sataki and his staff realize. We still got work to do. So the nice part is BYU's got about two years of a runway to get themselves ready for the Big 12, which is going to be an advantage for them just in terms of understanding, okay, here's what we need to work on, how we are going to go about recruiting, building towards this. But I do not think you'll get all of the answers if you're BYU until they actually do enter the conference in 2023.
0: Yeah, there. You know, I think it's. I think it's important to look at all those teams how they perform this year, right? Houston, UC. I mean, UCF needs to bounce back pretty badly. Yeah. Um. I. I don't think UCF. If UCF has another year like they did last year, you kind of have to have some questions about them coming into the Big Twelve. Because the, and and the thing is, this is this is you bring it up. Like this is a physical league, right? We're no longer talking about a league where I don't know if we can score forty-five points. at Oklahoma State. It's like. I mean, is Oklahoma State going to beat our ass at the line of scrimmage this year? Like, is that what is that what's going to happen? Right? You know, is is Baylor going to run the ball down our throats? You know, is is that is that what's going to happen here? Uh, is Zach Evans? You know, I know he's gone now, but like, that's the strength. That was the strength uh, of of TCU's team. Like, it that that is the, that's what the conference has become now. And look, I love it. Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's good for the conference to have its kind of identity. But um, yeah, I think the the schools I'm really curious about is. Like what is, you know, will BYU kind of remain the same? Kind of do the stuff they've always done. I I think Zach Wilson a little bit of an outlier. Yes, I think it's all fair to say that you know some of the stuff they could do with Zach Wilson was an outlier. Keep Uh, an eye on Jaron Hall. He looks, yes, he he looks really really polished. The biggest thing
2: for him though. In all of his time playing at BYU, he has never made it to an entire season healthy. Mm, that is right. the thing going against him. But in spring ball, he has looked absolutely lights out. I- I, I'm not. I'm under no illusions that BYU walks in is going to be playing for a uh, Big 12 championship right away. But I do think that they understand the work they have to do to get ready as they go into this conference. But it's the same thing for UCF. Cincinnati's probably the most ready, in my opinion, in terms of just stepping right in and be able to. Go yeah, right play away.
0: style too. Play style 100 yeah, fits in. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, but then you're you're looking at these teams coming in. Houston is, I think, going to have to upgrade a little bit too. But. I think all of them understand what is in front of them, what they need to accomplish in the lead up to that. And it'll be interesting. BYU, yes, there will be guys who will go on uh, Mormon missions, LDS missions out here, and they're going to be 21-year-old freshmen that are playing football. And trust me, it's going to be a talking point f- forever, w- for however long oh, BYU. That's good. Has. I want to see that. It's, it's, it's an advantage. <laughs> and they, they lean to it. They they lean into it. Yeah, absolutely. They they're they're going to lean into it. And it will give them some advantages. But at the same time, they understand that, hey, we need to really upgrade our overall talent base. That means the twos and the threes behind those ones, they need to have an upgrade in terms of the overall talent on this roster. They've done a good job developing it, but they still are going to need to take advantage of the next two recruiting classes to really get themselves set up.
0: I just want to note, the BYU, smack. Uh, they, they smoked the, the Pac-12, was it South this year? It south? Yeah, they were.
2: They were so, can, which dispels which,
0: which which this whole, the Big 12 won't be a Power 5 conference anymore thing. It's like, look. Sure. I mean, like BYU ran over the Pac-12 South. We're, we're demeaning the, the you know we're demeaning the, the Pac-12 all of a sudden now. I know they aren't very good. We still consider them Power Five League. That's besides the point. All right, quick word from our sponsors. We'll do some. We'll do some Final Four predictions. To get ourselves out of here. Today's show is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Go to RockAuto.com today. When you guys do, you guys will find affordable parts for anything in your car or truck, uh, carpet, uh, tail lights. If you want to, I'm sure they've got like polisher for your. Uh, if you want to polished, whatever part of your car, your license plate, I don't even know. Uh, they've got uh, whatever you need there at rockauto.com. You go there today, you guys will find parts that are 30, 50, 100% less than what you'll pay at a auto parts uh, dealership or on, uh, online at some places or your local store. So go to rockauto.com. It's the cheapest place to go when you go there Right, locked on, and they're how'd you hear about us? Box that way they know we sent you amazing selection, always low prices. All the parts your car will ever need that's rockauto.com. All right, coach came in the final four. I'm not happy about it, um, but I have to credit them. He's in the team's done a very good job this year, uh, at least in the tournament. The coaching's has very good. So let's get final four picks. Uh, Linda, who is playing in the championship game and who do you think wins?
1: Uh, I'm boycotting the NCAA uh, tournament, so you're just gonna have to skip. That's
0: not. That's not. We can't accept that. You're gonna have to give us who is playing the championship game. Do you know who's playing in the final four?
1: Yeah, but I. It's just like it just ended so boring. It was fun to watch the peacocks, and then of course that Cinderella story ended, and now it's four blue bloods, and I don't get. It's not fun anymore.
0: This is this is what I don't understand about the tournament. It, It frustrates me so much. Is people will be like literally what happened to all the upsets it's to get the good teams won that's what happened yeah i Duke's know four five and stars. i'm already mad at no, this so now i'm being extra for, petty did you watch the game Just let me be petty. basketball you know what no you know what pisses me off is that it's like you guys hear about the nfl and like can the nfl shut up and let me enjoy my college basketball <laughs> no. oh yeah, no what are the no. browns gonna do with baker mayfield i don't care saint peter's is playing north carolina <laughs> shut the hell up that's that's yeah crazy.
1: I just You're want right. That. The so, NFL wants to. All get right,
0: the attention. so like cleaning the NFL before you know, I might have to boot you off here. I'm going to move on from you. <laughs> John, I'll ask you. Maybe you'll give me an actual <sighs> answer.
3: Yeah, give me Kansas over Duke in the final. I, I want. I mean, the so this is what happened: the ACC championship tournament loss to North Carolina spurred Duke on this run. Same thing happened to my lacrosse team back in 2004. We lost the last <laughs> game of the regular season. Went into the their final four, 175 over two lane, and then went into the championship and knocked off Nichols State 22 to 12. So, but Duke you're telling me
1: get... you sang choir and played lacrosse?
3: Absolutely,
1: I did. Hell yes. yeah,
0: John. I yes. think you might be white. I'm not, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I was about I to say to that. <laughs> that's
1: about the
4: whitest thing I've ever heard in my life.
0: Um, hey,
4: Steven,
3: it is what it is, but what yeah, it's
4: over Duke. Man, I didn't know I was doing a show with Zach Efron. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, he took my picks, though. I'm also going Kansas over Duke. I think KU okay, gets Cheers. it done. Big Twelve flexes wins another basketball championship. Coach K goes outside, and best of the best for everybody.
2: Jake. I am a man who believes in destiny, and I believe that Coach God. K is destined to go out on top. So,
0: I'm what sorry. higher what higher power would want Coach K to win a championship here? You know, I mean, I come don't know. on. I, trust me, I
2: I don't want to I don't want to do that. I just I I feel like they're they got matched up with North Carolina in the Final Four, the first time they've ever faced off in the NCAA yeah. tournament. That seems serendipitous in a way, and yeah, I just no, feel I like. The way this is this is trending, Coach K goes out on top.
0: I've got Kansas over Carolina in the championship game. I think I think Carolina is playing. Ext- I mean, they're just they're a, they're a house of fire right now. They just seem to be pulling all the right switches. Whether it was Baylor comeback or you know, uh, the UCLA them rallying past UCLA and just hammering St. Peter's. Never a prayer in that game. And I, KU, man, here's the crazy part. This is not a great KU team, like compared to other great teams they have. If they win, talking Jesse Noodleday, Kansas City Star, they're going to be favored in all six tournament games they play. If they play, I mean, no matter who they play in the title game, they're going to be, they're going to be favored over Duke. I, I think so. That's pretty crazy to think. Uh, I'm and picking Kansas to win the title. I'll probably be single after this weekend, especially if they win. Uh, so I'm taking my you know my relationship to my own hands here. But yeah, I've got that happening. All right, fun show, everybody. Now it's time to do plugs. Uh, Linda, I'm tempted not to let you plug anything. Cause you're going to plug some dumb football stuff in the middle of March madness still. All right. So, so go ahead. I'll still let you plug stuff. Go ahead.
1: Okay. I thought I was really going to get skipped over. Uh, lockdown pokes is pretty much fully turned to football, some baseball softball sprinkled in. Uh, and then all of my fantasy football work can be found on Matthew Barry's fantasy life newsletter, which is a free newsletter to sign up to. Off-season comes out Mondays and Thursdays.
0: Uh, great football. Yay. Uh, John.
3: Man, be nice. Yeah, hey, you can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams on Facebook, Locked On Sooners, and on Twitter Locked on, at Locked On Sooners over there uh, and on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. And if you love college basketball, college lacrosse is going on as well. Duke is going to get that revenge over North Carolina in ACC play and they're one of the perennial powers over on that side Syracuse, Duke, North Carolina. But watch out for Denver as well. They're a hot team out west that actually won the national championship in division one Cross a couple years ago. But we're also talking about softball. The Oklahoma softball team is 30 and 0 with something like 25 run rule wins. Grace Lyons hit three home runs tonight for Oklahoma's. Uh, another run rule win over Wichita State.
0: The Terry Jennings home run too was was amazing with the comeback. Yeah, it was
3: that was incredible over Baylor yeah. on Sunday. That was great.
0: Um, Linda, I'm fine with the football stuff. Just wait till after Monday's championship game, then we're good. That's All I'm. I'm saying. just
1: gonna I'm just gonna spam you with like all of the NFL news. Yeah, she, this week so now, Linda so asks, now asks us, now us how to be like What's your we pronounce.
0: Asks ask how we pronounce Gabe Burkett's name tonight. It's like, look, can we wait for the kicker talk like one week? No, no. one week on the kicker talk. I we don't know Linda loves, we got loves four a big
1: 12 schools replacing a kicker man. This is big news. This is actually
0: pretty big news. Uh, Steven, man, college lax talk and
4: kicker talk. It's like I turned on ESPNU at 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday. Um, I'm at Linda, Simcox. We
3: need to go 9 a.m. Thursday is ESPNU.
4: I'm at some Steven, on Twitter. The show is locked on horn frogs. Uh, and I know Josh is exhausted, but if anybody else wants to keep talking with me. Um, I ate some Cheeto puffs earlier tonight, and I just found out via text message that apparently my pregnant wife was saving those for herself. So I'm not even sure if Chris Rock will get me out of this situation. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in deep, fellas. So and and Linda, so, so he was gonna me. grab
0: the keys and jump in the car. He's going to the store after this. This, this show's over. That is, that's what's gonna it's, happen. It's bad. I've I've messed
4: up pretty 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 bad here. Uh, Jake.
2: Steven, as a guy whose wife subsisted on her last pregnancy on hot Cheetos, and that my son, who was part of that pregnancy, now loves those. I know exactly <laughs> where you've been, and I
4: wish you the best. So thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I might look up flights to Utah, see if you have a spare bedroom. <laughs> ah, Lake like City. We, we got
2: you. We got you covered. All right. Uh you guys can follow me, Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter, uh, Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, just under Locked On Cougars and yeah, we're just having a lot of fun. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore at LO Big 12 We're going to have uh, Shahanjay Araja on tomorrow from CBS Sports. So he's going to come on and talk about the recent article he wrote. Yeah, he's awesome. He's great. So uh, check that out. YouTube and wherever you guys get your podcasts. Where to find it. All right, team. It was fun. We'll be back at it next week.